Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. Good morning. I don't know if you're fully aware, but I'm sure you are. Unity within the Western structure of religion or spirituality, whatever you want to call it, is kind of on the progressive side of things. I think that's safe to say. Well, I think it's also safe to say that I am on the progressive side of the progressive side. So that's who I am. And this lesson might give you that idea. <laughs> Humankind's relationship with God. I'm going to give you a pop quiz here this morning. That's what we're going to start with because I want to know how good of listeners you are. This should be very simple because there was a time that I started at every lesson with these words. Do you remember what they were or are? Okay. Thank you. We have got to, got to change the way that we see things. We talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. Why? Because we don't want to change. Are we capable of change? Yes, we're very capable of change. In fact, change is very natural. Things are always changing. But changing how you see things, that requires a conscious effort. That's different. We recently started a new class on metaphysics, part one of four, actually. And right off the bat, in the beginning, there's a chapter about changing our language. Now, the irony, of course, is that the book starts by saying this and just, of course, just gets right back into the old language right away. You know, so anyway, but I'm just saying. I firmly agree with changing the language, and I've said that many, many times. I'm a stickler for changing the language, as a matter of fact. And the reason why is because, as I've said before, words, like we do, carry baggage with them. Now, we are told that over 90% of the time, we are operating in, from our subconscious mind. 90%. So 90% of the time, we're in autopilot. So you put these two fun facts together, that words carry baggage, and that we're in autopilot, and what you get is that most of the time, we don't know what we're saying, doing, or thinking, or believing. Now, autopilot has a big advantage, because when you're in an emergency situation, a life-threatening situation, autopilot comes in very, very handy. I'll give you an example. Let's say there's this huge, out-of-control truck coming right at you. And if you were using your conscious mind to analyze this, you would say, oh, I think there's a big truck coming right at me. I wonder if that's a Dodge or a Chevy. Hmm. What color is that thing, anyway? How big is it? I wonder how fast it's going. And by the time you figure all this out, guess what happened? You got hit. But the subconscious mind doesn't work that way. The subconscious mind gets right to the crux of the matter and said, get the mm, out of the way now, <laughs> period. 
And that's why it's very good. That's just how I can drive from here to Mercedes and be thinking about my lesson, lesson for next time or what kind of work I have to do at home and, and not be conscious of anything that I saw. And I get there. I was like, how did I get here anyway? Autopilot comes in handy sometimes. The problem with autopilot, it is not good for change. It just not. That requires, as I said, a conscious effort. And for me, that goes back to the language thing. I know I keep saying it, but I'm going to say it again. Changing the language. Because when I say Christ, 99.999% of the people think Jesus. Period. That's all there is to it. Now, to me, it's, I always say, that if, if in unity by Christ we mean the divine within, then let's just say the divine within. And it makes it a lot simpler. Same thing holds true for God. Oof. I, I mean, I admit it. God still, even me, after all this time in unity, whatever, in all these classes, the word God still has an imagery of a man. It, it just does. <laughs> and it probably does to you if, you, if you're going to admit it. It's just kind of a weird thing. So I like the words like spirit or divine essence or things like that of that nature that are not so anthropomorphic in nature. The book proposes that we minimize the use of the word God. Again, as I told you, I warned you, I'm kind of on the progressive side of the progressive movement. I wouldn't mind dropping the word altogether. But if I did, then somebody might say, oh, so now we're an anti-God church? Oh. So go figure. You know, what are you going to do? Do you all remember that, um, that video that I showed you sometime last year of the solar system? That was, when I, when I it's called the, the helical, the helical, the helical model. Our solar system is a vortex. It's on YouTube if in case you want to see it. L let me give you a summary if, uh, in case you weren't here and didn't see it. It proposes the idea that we see the, and always have seen the solar system as this stationary, well, it's not stationary, we know it's moving, but it looks like kind of flat, and the sun's in the middle, and we're doing this around it all the time. That's, that's the imagery we have in our heads from, from grade school or whatever when we first learned science. And this thing says, no, 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 no. That's not what's happening at all. The Earth is actually hurling through the universe at 40,000 miles an hour, and, and we're going this way. We're creating a vortex around the earth as it moves down the thing. And when I saw that, I showed it to Marisa, she said, I'll never look at the solar system again in the same way. And I had exactly the same reaction. You just change things. You realize that that thing that you have, imagery we have in our heads, it, it, they, they get stuck in there. And it's real hard to change it unless you make a conscious effort. And that's the point of the video, and that's the point I'm going to try to make today, but with a different topic, not the solar system. And the topic is my fourth credo paper, which I've been kind of like, how can I get this thing done? The topic is, I have to do nine credo papers. I told you, right, for the ministry thing. This one's called Humankind's Relationship with God. Simple question, right? Pretty straightforward and very obvious. The answer is, God is our daddy, right? Our, he's our father. This, this week, I started a newspaper article by saying, is God really our father? You know, just to be controversial. And I'm sure there was one or two people who maybe read that and said, 
what is this guy talking about, man? Who is this guy, anyway? <laughs> but it's important that we change this imagery. So is God our father? Well, we'll see about that. On the serious side, though, uh, this topic of humankind's relationship with, with God as a philosophy major is fascinating for me. And I'm going to propose a very radical idea. And that is that the relationship between humankind and God is one, that we are one and the same thing. Now, I know it sounds radical for me to say it, but it didn't sound radical when Jesus said it. He said, I and the Father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That's what he said. Sounds just weird when I say it. <laughs> the difference is, of course, for us, is that when we read these words, these alleged words by Jesus, then we think that Jesus thought that he was the, the only son of God, and, and nobody else was like him, and only he was one with the Father. But he didn't suggest that at all. So let's, uh, let's uh, examine this concept of being one with spirit. Early on in the Christian movement, there was a dispute about the nature of Jesus. Who was Jesus after he had you know, gone? And so in the year 300 or something, whenever they got the councils together and tried to figure out what was going on, they raised the question, was Jesus a man? Was Jesus God? Or was he both? And they came up with the idea that he was both. And they called it the doctrine of the Trinity, in which God is one essence in three natures, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, for some back then, and for many now, that seems like a contradiction. Because we are, I mean, it's Christianity, Judaism, they're all based on monotheism, where there's only one God. So how can there be one God and these three things? So just the math doesn't, count, doesn't add up very well. Tradition says the whole thing's a mystery. St. Augustine, or Augustine, as the scholars say, he was one of the early church fathers. And his theology is central to all of Western thought. You just can't get away from St. Augustine. Can't do it from the Western way of thinking things. He proposed a, an a couple of examples of how this might work, or how you could explain something that's one, yet three. He proposed, a set, he's got a famous statement he proposed. It's a seven-part statement, and it goes like this. He said, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit of God. Yet, the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father, but there's only one God. I'm like, huh? How'd that go? <laughs> now, to clarify this mystifying statement, he gave another example. Mind. Just mind. He says, mind has understanding, memory, and will. Yet, understanding is not memory. Memory is not will, and will is not understanding. Three natures, one essence, one mind. So the Catholic faith, faith adopted this as the Trinity, and of course the Protestants rejected the idea that there's three of anything. But uh, so what's Unity's take on this? When I first came to Unity and I heard about the, the Trinity that we propose, I liked it, especially coming from Catholic and tradition. A and it made sense to me. It was a very sensible thing. 
Because we do, in fact, as humans, have three natures. We do have a mind, we do have ideas, and we do, and the ideas do ex you seek expression. But there's only one of us. So we join, if we join this understanding with scripture that says that we are created in the image and likeness of God, then the conclusion is that God, like us, or the other way around, is indeed one essence with three natures. So we get this tripartite concept from everything, from religion, from psychology, and from just plain reason, from plain observation. And they go something like this, now using the various religion, psychology, and whatever. Mind is father, is spirit, is the superconscious. Okay? Idea is the soul, the son, the subconscious. Expression is the Holy Spirit, the consciousness, me, you, the universe. The expressive side of this. This is just the way things are. This is reinforced, this observation is reinforced by the newly, fairly newly discovered idea of fractals. I don't know if you're familiar with fractals, but it's a new idea but it, it's a reference to an ancient idea that says, as above, so below. That everything is the same thing, only in relative small or large size. And the, the example they always give is broccoli. Broccoli is an excellent, excellent example. You break off a little piece of broccoli, and it looks identical to the big one. I mean identical. And now we're beginning to understand that the universe really is made up of fractals. When they apply fractal geometry to, to a computer, it creates the simulation that looks just like this stuff that we're looking at. So that's big stuff. So humankind and divine spirit is in essence one and the same thing, as I said before. It, it, ex it expresses itself in infinite form, but it's not separate from anything. And the point I'm trying to make today is that we have an image of things that are separate. And that's what we got to change. When I took electronic technology in the 1970s, I, I was exposed to this thing called the electromagnetic spectrum. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's all the waves. The, uh, it, it's a chart. And it has the x-rays, the visible universe, the little thing like this. And then the x-rays, the gamma rays, the, microwaves, all this stuff, because they're all, they put them into categories, so to speak, just for convenience, but they're really not categories. But anyway, and the chart, it's, it's, it's expressed in the sense that it looks like, oh, they exist up here, and this one exists down here, and this one's over here, and this one's over here. And that's how we see things. You know, I'm here, God's over there. Things are separate, because that's what they look like out here. But when we're dealing with spirituality, we got to get past that appearance and see what, what's the underlying thing. So let's see how this mind idea expression works exactly. You don't need minister and, and writer, Eric Butterworth writes, and he, it's mentioned again in the metaphysics books, God is not like a raisin in a bun. See, that's very important because we use terminology to suggest that it is. For example, if I say, way down deep inside of me, there is, there is a divine essence. What does that suggest? That it is somewhere. 
somewhere deep inside of me in a place, in a specific place. And that is not how things are. That's how they appear to be, but that's not how they are. So I'm going to do a demonstration. I'm going to wrap this up with a little demonstration of an idea that I came up and I, sh I shared it with Len a little bit. And let's see how this goes so that we can try to change how things, how we see things. Let me see if I can make this work. I brought a blender. Not just any blender. And you can have this for, no. Five easy payments of, <laughs> all right, let's try this. I'm going to metaphor or use a metaphor of water as God. And it's a very good one, actually. I always say that because water is the life-giving, life-sustaining stuff in this planet. And it gives without wanting anything back in return. Zero. It wants nothing back because its nature is to give. It's kind of interesting. So then I'm going to take this little banana. And I want to set it right here. That's going to, that, so this is mind. Let's say this is idea. And so we're going to take a little bit of this idea and get my hands all yucko. <laughs> and then I have a little orange, and this will be expression. Let's just say. So we have mind, idea, and expression, right? Right here. Okay, well, okay here's, here's, my, here's my mind. Mind, idea, expression. Okay. But we also have them in here. So, I should have brought a towel. <laughs> Let's try this so I can make a mess of this. And that's what things look like on the outside. I'm going to propose to you the idea that in reality it's more like this. So tell me where the mind, idea, and the expression are now. Where are they? How can you separate it? Can you, can, you, can you see the distinction? Can you see the lines between them? You can see them here. There they are, one, two, three. And they're still in here. It's one, two, three. But how do you define it? You don't. So I want you to consider a new way of seeing things, that everything is one. When St. Augustine was trying to figure out God's nature, you know, he, he, said, he said, but God can't be in parts everywhere. You know, part of God is, I am part of God, you are part of God, da, 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 da. No, that would be like this. That would be this visualization. He said, God is everywhere in its entirety. So when I opened up with that a little prayer in the, uh, at the beginning, I said, it's, God is in its entirety in the furthermost galaxy of the universe. God is in its entirety in the smallest little molecule in your body. In its entirety, like that. No separation. So what did I say? We have got to change the way that we see things. Amen. <laughs> oh.